Welcome to Gap Hill. Just make a couple of announcements. Operation, Operation Christmas Child is going on. If you came in the front doors, you saw the back, the boxes, the papers that you need to look for the uh, materials to purchase for those. So take one of those home. When you take a couple home, take, take four or five home if you'd like and fill those out. Uh, the list for various ages is in the boxes, so uh, please take a box and uh, return to the full by next Sunday. Uh, also, November the 19th from 10 to 2 or 10 to 12, there will be a baby shower for Hillary Baldwin uh, here in the Life Center. They are registered on Amazon uh, requesting diapers and wipes. Please RSVP to Leslie Stone. Her number is in the bulletin. All right. Ashley, make some other important announcements later. So uh, let's stand together. Have you come to bless the Lord? Have you come to worship Him?
Father, we thank you for who you are today. We thank you that above you there is no other. Come in this house. Fill every heart, change every life. Let us recognize the presence is with us today. Let us not leave this film without recognizing that we have been in the presence of a great God. We have been in the presence of Jehovah God, Jehovah Jireh. Meet every day, provide for us. We pray for those today before we start our sermon. For Brother Ray Pies, who is in the ICU right now and struggling with a broken bones, broken hip. We're speaking healing over him today. For Trey Burke, who needs continued healings. For those in our church who are struggling and having sickness, we surrender them to you today. And we pray that you would reach out, not only touch this congregation present today, but touch every one of our members that are not able to be here today with the presence of the mighty Holy Ghost. And we praise you for it in the name of Jesus. Somebody declare Jesus. This morning, I want to go with you to the book of, let's go to Luke chapter 15. Um, I'm a little, um, I was praying yesterday, just asking the Lord to, to direct and lead me in, in exactly where, where He wanted me to go today. And so I feel like that, that I, I have a word for us today. And I, I, I and I was thinking when I was a young man, I was probably about 13 years old. I remember it was me and my cousin Will was his name. And I may have told you before, but I had a mother that was way ahead of her time. I don't know if they had a lot of kids' friends where they were, you know, they were kidnapping kids. It's perfect. They were kidnapping kids and all this. But one day she went in Walmart, she must have solved that board, and that was the end for me. She used to let me ride my bicycle. I'll never forget it, Johnny. I had to go to a certain point. When I got to that certain point, she said, you don't go no further than that. You go further than that, you're going to be in trouble, young man. Now, I remember, y'all remember the days when you just went out in the garden and you played, and all of a sudden, all right, it's supper time. Anybody know what I'm talking about in the house? That was your, the good old days, right? Well, my good old days was as long as mother could see me, it was okay. But the moment that she lost sight of me, we had an issue on our hands. But I had a cousin that lived on the edge a little bit, went on the bed on the rings, and I remember that one day we decided as teenagers we were going to go into those woods that we were not allowed to go into. And I remember going through those woods, and I remember getting lost. And I remember as the sun was going down, and I'm a little dramatic, just in case y'all didn't realize that by now. But drama kicked me in, and I'm sitting there as a 13-year-old boy, and I remember looking up to the sky and saying, Dear God, this is the end. <laughs> This is the end. I've never been past this line with my bicycle. I'm in the woods by myself. I knew my mom was right. I'm going to get bit by a snake. I am going to die. But I remember hearing her calling me. And I also remember her saying. <laughs> the point is, I got lost. And I'm afraid today in this world that we've got some people that are lost. And I'm not talking about just being lost spiritually speaking, and not being saved. But, but I'm talking about people that are in the church. Sheep that are in the fold that have strayed and got away from the shepherd. Circumstances have caused them to stray. Bad relationships have caused them to stray. And I just feel like God is wanting us to deal with this today. That if you feel lost, it's not the end. He's the great shepherd. And he always comes looking for his sheep. Let's go to Luke chapter 15. I love this verse. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. You notice the crowd that he's keeping. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began to murder, uh, mutter. Uh, they said, this man welcomes sinners and he eats with them. What a shame on Jesus. Then Jesus told them this parable. He said, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and you lose one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? He asked a question. And when he finds it, he joyfully, did you see that? He does not beat the sheep. He does not strike the sheep. He does not say, you're a 
and goes home. And then he calls his friends, his neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, for I have found my lost sheep. Verse 7 is where it is. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Can somebody say amen today? See, there, it's, it's odd enough, but many people today, the problem I have is that there's a lot of people that are lost and they don't even realize they're lost. In my story, I knew I was lost. And I began to say, Mama, Mama, somebody save me. Somebody, anybody out there hearing me? I knew I was lost. But you know there's a lot of people today that are wandering around in this old world. They don't even realize they're lost. They don't even know it. Uh, a preacher's already patting their head, already patting them on the back, has already told them that they've been a good boy and a good girl and that Jesus loves them. Everything's going to be okay. They go around and do anything 
is lost because of his foolishness. The next parable is the coin is lost because of the carelessness of other people. The son was lost, the prodigal, because of his deliberate choice. But today I want to explore the first parable of this lost sheep. The first thing I want you to see is the situation that we are dealing with. We've got a situation. And Jesus begins to address two important issues. The first thing that he begins addressing is he begins to criticize religious leaders. Do you know that the reason I love Jesus so much is not just because he saved me. I love Jesus because he called out religious folks. And I love that. I love it when people think they're so spiritual and more spiritual than everybody else. When Jesus reveals to them, you're really not that spiritual. You're not as spiritual as you think. You're not as holy as you think. Now, for some of you in this building, you're thinking, well, how does God reveal that? He did it to Isaiah when his presence filled the house. He did it for Isaiah when the Bible said the glory on the train of the Lord began to fill the temple. What did Isaiah do? Immediately, Isaiah fell to his face and said, God, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among the people of unclean lips. I don't even deserve to be in your presence. That is what happens when Jesus walks in the room. These people think they're super spiritual. Do you know why they criticized Jesus and Jesus criticized them back? It was because Jesus associated himself with sinners. Matthew chapter 9. I'm going to show you all this because I, I want to just zoom in on this for just a, a moment. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house. Anybody know who Matthew is? What is he? Anybody know? He's called Uncle Sam modern day. Now you know who I'm talking about? Everybody else. Some of you kids probably have a job have no idea what we're talking about, but you will know. He's eating dinner at Matthew's house. So, who comes? But his peers, his circle. Many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. I just want you to picture this in your mind. They're sitting around the table eating. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher Jesus eat with tax collectors and sinners? What does he think he's doing? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor. It is the sick that need a doctor. Woo. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous. I have come to call sinners unto repentance. Understand with me. The people came to hear Jesus. The religious leaders began to murder up murder under their breath. And they said, this man, Luke 15 said it this way, this man welcomes sinners. Do you know what the word welcome means? It is what you do when somebody comes to your house. The definition means to be polite and friendly with somebody. It is to say, man, it's so good to see you today. The religious folks got upset. This is a situation we're dealing with. I like this word, welcomes us. The New King James put it this way. He said he receives sinners. In other words, when you use the word receiving them, it means that as they're sitting around this table and the religious leaders are all here, he looks at the text
2 Corinthians 5. I want to read it. Are y'all ready for this? Listen closely. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun! Exclamation point. Amen. Hallelujah. You ready? And all of this is a gift from whom? From God. Who brought us from where? Back. That means we had drifted, we had strayed, we were lost, but He brought us back to Himself. Through who? Through Jesus Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people. Just, just like He reached out for us, God is telling us as Christians it is our responsibility to get people to Jesus and get them reconciled and made right with God. Verse 18, all of this is a gift from God who brought us back and we reconciled. In verse 19, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. That means God didn't throw it back in your face. And he gave us a wonderful message of reconciliation. Verse 20 is where it gets really good. So we are Christ's ambassadors, representatives. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ as ambassadors. We have the voice of, of the king. We speak with the tongue of the king. We represent what we say comes from Christ when we plead. Come back to God. To all of those who are straying and lost. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Did you grab this? It is none of your righteousness. It is none of your holiness. It is the simple fact that God sent Jesus Christ who had never sinned. He bore the sins of many. He took
A sheep is a cow, really. They, they, they can't make it by themselves. That's why it's so, it's so bad whenever they wander and get lost. Because they are an easy meal for the wolf. The wolf will attack them, devour them, because a sheep is defenseless. See, I want somebody to understand today, you are no match for the devil. I want everybody to know today that you are no match for the enemy. If you wonder and he catches you by yourself, you're going there. You cannot win this battle by yourself. You don't have enough power. You don't have enough anointing. But I'm telling you, when you're partnered with Jesus Christ and you're partnered with the body, the Holy Ghost that is in your life, I want to tell you, when the enemy comes in like a blood, he lifts up that standard against it. You don't have to fight because Jesus But they had a close relationship. 
with them. A matter of fact, they built such a close relationship that, that, that oftentimes they, they would know them, they would name them. The sheep would even respond to their name because the shepherd used it so much. Let me tell somebody today. If Donald Trump walked in this house today, he would not know my name. Y'all surprised, aren't you? I hate to break it to you. Y'all thought I had friends in high places. Why? Well, it's just not in this world. Y'all ain't gonna help me today. Y'all ain't gonna help me today. If he walked through that back door, he would not, unless he saw the church sign, maybe. He would say, oh, that looks like a preacher, I guess, whatever. But other than that, he doesn't know my name. But you know what? Today, I really don't care. I don't care if Trump knows my name. I don't care if Biden knows my name. I don't care if Tim Hill, the general overseer, knows my name. I could care less who knows my name. What I know is what the Bible said about the sheep. That is every one of us. In Isaiah 40, 26, he said, I have called you by your name. I don't care who knows me in this world. All I'm worried about is the shepherd. He knows who I am. You ain't getting out and he tore him apart with his bare hands. 
leads them out in the pasture. And with a watchful eye, he lets them graze. The shepherd is also equipped with a staff, but he also has a rod. The staff, of course, as you know, is a long stick you can walk with, and it's got this little neck on it. That neck is simply what it, it looks like it's for. When the sheep begin to stray, he can just reel them right in, put them around their necks. Hey, come on over here. We'll call this sheep Sally. I don't know why Sally's on the line today, but that's who it is. Sally, the sheep, come on over here. And he pulls Sally on over, and she gets back in the herd because she begins to wonder. See, I want you to understand, Jesus is like that. Not only does he pull us, sometimes he has to prod us. He has to look under us, inspect us. According to Ezekiel, he said the shepherd would examine the sheep. The rod is the other thing he has in his hand. This is used as a weapon. It's a short stick with a ball on the end of it. It is known as what we would call a billy club. Anybody know what that is? Anybody ever got arrested by a cop and got hit with one? Don't raise your hand. God watches over us. He protects us. He keeps us every battle we face. The shepherd says, I'm here with my rod too. I'm not going to make you face the enemy alone. I will fight for you. You can face every battle knowing that the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. The good shepherd is ready to guide you. He is also ready to fight for you. And I'm leaving you with this in reflection. The last thing I see in this story is the salvation of it. That the shepherd once again saves a strange sheep. Salvation is not our works. It is the work of the shepherd alone. It is through him that we are saved. You know what the sheep need to do? They need to stop running from the shepherd. They need to submit to the shepherd's rescue. I want you to show you really quick what the shepherd did for the lost sheep in this story. The first thing I want you to see is that the shepherd noticed that the sheep was gone. Isn't that powerful? A man's got a hundred sheep. How in the world do you recognize? I tried. I'm horrible. I look at our congregation sometimes and I try to there's so much going on, I guess I try to pinpoint who's not here and that's just so many people it's just really it's hard to do. But he's got a hundred sheep out there. And he is looking, and he recognized, I don't want to deal with Sally anymore, I'm going with Harold. Harold's a guy, he's a stranger too, all right? I'm letting out some of you in here. He recognizes Sally, oh, she was straight earlier, but she's here. Where's her? When I went with our kids, you might have been on a school trip, any of you ever been dumb enough like the sheep to be a chaperone? <laughs> and you're sitting there and you're like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They just gave us a number. I didn't know their names. I just can't. When you, you got 12, that's your responsible. And I say, time to jail. Everybody, stand still. When I did my count. That shepherd every night, he's doing his count. And he recognizes it's not out of 100 that there is one sheep that is gone. I want everybody to grab that. The shepherd knows that it's because the shepherd cared deeply for the sheep. It is painful and disappointing when people don't notice that we're not here. It is painful when we can go to a church, our herd, I'm fixing to preach to y'all if you help me out. When we go to our flock, it's a shame when we can miss four Sundays and nobody will even notice we're not there. God, help us to be like the shepherd and watch over the sheep. Help me. Show me. Let me recognize because there's something in the shepherd's heart that says there's somebody. It's disappointing, not only when they're not here when they're lost, it is disappointing when they're lost in sin and we fail to recognize it or they're lost in their depression and nobody seems to see it. Nobody seems to pick up on it. Nobody seems to have enough smarts in them to say, hey buddy, I don't know what's going on, but I'm praying for you. It is sad when people are lost and they're discouraged week after week they come through the doors they put on the smile we don't even recognize that they're hurting it hurts but the good shepherd notices it and when I don't see it and when you don't see it I thank God the lesson and the salvation of this story said that Jesus saw and Jesus knew he was gone you may understand there was this guy named Nathaniel do you remember him he was a disciple anybody Nothing. 
and he's a little weary, and he's wondering, is this really legit? I mean, is this who he really says he is? You expect me to believe that this guy's going to die for my sin? You expect me to believe he can lay hands on, on people that are blind that they can see? You expect me to buy that hogwash? But when he got to where Jesus was, you know what Jesus told him? He told him some intimate details that nobody else knew. He said, Nathaniel, I saw you when you were under that big God notices. No, listen, when Nathaniel thought nobody knows I'm in pain, nobody knows I'm struggling, nobody knows what I'm going through, I thank God for the shepherd that said, I know who my sheep are, and I notice when you're in pain. I notice when you're going through something. Jesus knows. And then the shepherd left. The 99, he wanted to go search for one. You know, I want to thank God for the church right now. I want to thank God for the flock. There's people in this Christian way that have gotten hurt by the church. I didn't know that. Some of you in this field may even need to cry about that. You got hurt by a pastor. You got hurt by a member that thought they knew more than you did. They said something really rude that hurt you and cut you. And it's a deep wound that you still carry. But I want to thank God for the church. Because if I can't help how bad other churches are being, or, or how other people have mistreated you through the years somewhere, I can't help that. But what I can tell you is long as she cannot and will not survive. This mentality that I can sit at the house and me and Jesus have our own thing going and I'll be okay is a lie from hell. And if, listen, and COVID just showed us that. Because there are people that are yet to come back to church. It's not because of sickness. It's not because of dread of disease. It's because they thought, well, I can make it on my own. I did it before. I can, it is a lie from hell. Do you hear what I'm do you know why it's a lie from hell? Because I, I studied sheep yesterday morning, early, and this is what I found out. That if the sheep gets by himself, the wolf eats him. And I'm telling you, that is exactly what the devil intends to do. If he can separate you from your flock and get you to wonder and get you off, do you know what the enemy's going to do? You guess it, honey. You're going to be the next snack. You're going to be the next meal. God never intended for you to be a lone sheep and to do life by yourself. What God intended was for us to have a family of believers that would cry when the other one cried. Would laugh when the other one laughed. Would be there to hug them when they need a hug. Whatever they need. I'm here for you. That's what the flock Jesus intended us to be. That's it. So you know what I think this is part of Brian. You might be going to run and take a lap around the church. Take that out right there. It's plenty of right This is what I figured out. The wolf will still try to attack the flock. But do you know what I read just yesterday? Oh, this is interesting stuff. Whenever they see a wolf coming, or any type of predator coming, or this is what they do. They get all the new lambs. And they start banging and pushing. And they put them to the center. Because they're the weakest. They're what we'll call baby Christians. Sometimes you've got to be a little spooky. Sometimes you've got to be a little gentler. They don't understand the word like you do. They're not as mature as you are. So they just put them in the center. So they've got to protect that one from the enemy. They'll take some of the older and they push it back. But those that are healthy in the flock, they'll begin to surround all of those that are weak. And you know what they do, men? They start running because that's what sheep do. But they run oftentimes towards the enemy. They'll be back into a corner and the enemy thinks they have it. The fence is behind. There's no way they're going to escape. But what they do, they get a flock and a herd mentality. And they begin to run. And oftentimes, you know what?
a herd mentality. He left the 99 to go get that one extra. It shows us how much he loves us. It shows us the shepherd's search. He searched until he found the lost sheep. And then when the shepherd got to him, Dale's a beautiful story. I can, I'm a visualist. I see things. That's how I, I told y'all that. I'm a visual learner. I told you that last Sunday. And in my mind, I can see the little sheep over there in the corner. He's standing there, and he's wondering that he's hurt. And the shepherd just walks up there. Come on, here. It's time for you to help. He reaches down. He picks that sheep up, and he begins to on his shoulder. Do you know why? Because they say that a lost sheep won't move. They kind of just freeze. They get dirty. And they stand. And they just look around. And they're waiting at any moment. They're praying. They know they're weak. They know they're vulnerable. Just like I know in my flesh I am. And you should know you are too. Always look. You'd be sober. You'd be looking around the of the devil. He's somewhere around the corner. He's trying to see those two there. And they're looking around. Why do they do that? Because they're by themselves and they at least see one. They're going to try to run. So they said that they won't even lay down out of the presence of the shepherd. Because they can't afford to. Because if they lay down, they look even more vulnerable and an easier snack. And so they just stand there. Until the shepherd comes to where they are. My God have mercy. He searched until he found him. I'm telling you, I'm glad and the shepherd bore him on his shoulder. I was thinking about Isaiah 53 about my shepherd when he said, Surely he has borne our sorrows and he has carried our griefs. He bore the sins of many so that we could be saved by the grace and the power of God. How many times has the shepherd had to pick you up? And you were hurting, but he came to where you were and he picked you up
Lord Jesus. He's searching right now. A matter of fact, He already knows where you are. Let's all stand. Oh, God, help me today. Help me today, Jesus. Hurting. Hurting in pain. The shepherd goes on his shoulders. Lastly, our salvation is God's greatest joy. Continue to pray for red eyes in the hospital after.